Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Path. <laughs> hey, everybody, it's Froth here, Thought Eater Podcast and Blog. Uh, Sunday. Always bittersweet. It's good that it's still the weekend, but I don't want to go back to work. Ugh. But anyway, I appreciate you listening, checking out the show Sunday. So we're going to do a little recap of my campaign, my Night Below game. We did play last night. We had a lot of players miss, but pressed through anyway. So I'll get to that in a minute, but I had a couple of call-ins regarding last week. Last week we didn't play, but I still did a podcast on a couple of games I played over the long weekend. One, a Starfinder Society game. Where I complain about various things, including the star, the uh, starship combat, and then a great session I played in Hobbs from uh, Hobbs and Friends and um, Random Screeds, Kalmata West Marches game with Colin Green from Spike Pit and a bunch of other folks, uh, Darren Green, aka Fed, TJ from the Triple M podcast, and others, and. Um, so I got a couple of call-ins, one from Hobbs himself, and then I got uh, some call-ins from Mr. Yoder as well. So let's listen to those real quick. Sorry if I sound a little weird today. I slept on my neck raw last night, and it's through the day. It's progressively gotten worse where it's so stiff now that I almost feel nauseous from it. So <laughs> getting old, it's like... It's ridiculous, you know, if I stub a toe, it's like my toe is stubbed for months. But anyway, let's check these out. Hey, Froth, Jim here. Uh, just calling in response to your Starfinder recap, how to make uh, Starship combat more interesting, involve everybody. So, you basically maybe have designate um, two people one for this is the person who's going to roll to uh, shoot any guns or whatever and this is the person who's going to like roll to for maneuverability or something and then anybody else is going to roll in support of um, one or the other and then maybe as the ship takes damage or something they have to decide whether they want to have their role assist in, you know, helping the ship be more maneuverable or helping repair uh, damage or, yeah, doing the Jackson. So they could decide whether it's their role is going to assist in um, repairing damage or um, assisting, you know, running a simulation to help figure out a maneuver or something or whatever. So, um, yep. So I got to finish listening to that episode now. Take care. Have a good night. Bye. Hey, Froth. Hobbs here. I would have to say uh, Kiki was a fun character. Um, It's kind of weird the way the Kalmata works. It seems like each group kind of melds together and creates its own style of play. And I'm usually just along for the ride. Yeah, I'm the senses, but really it's the players and their characters that create the style of game that we're going to have. And 
whatever happens, happens. You know, I made the little scenario with the God tree, but some people would have ignored that. Some people would have not entered the tree. I really think that uh, our Fed's character, Alfred, pushed that where you guys probably wouldn't have gone in. Anyway, it was great having you. I hope you get in more games. Have a good one, brother. Keep up the good work. All right, so thanks for the call-ins, gentlemen. And, uh, yeah, first of all, to Mr. Yoder, legendary anchorite, does the Random Encounters in the Library podcast. You know, it's not entirely different from how it works. I don't want to go through all the mechanics of it, but that would, I guess, have a little... I guess, I don't know. You know, it's kind of... Somebody can listen to my rant about it if they want to from last week, but it really just amounts to... When you have, when you're shifting from everybody being in control of their individual character, you know, like you're your own, you know, it's kind of like our bodies are like meat suits for our consciousness. When you switch from controlling your meat suit character to everybody being in the meat suit it's not a great analogy, but the starship, you know, it's kind of like too many cooks in the kitchen and systems will try to make it where you're good at different skills and everything, but it just, it never seems to work right. So what I was talking about was trying to have everybody collaboratively be in on every role or something to where there's no kind of dead points, um, Especially if just one person fails to check. Um, but I mean that sounded a little bit better and more interesting. I'm not I'm not dogging on your idea. It's not that. It's just it's some. I, I'm not sure it's it's a fixable thing. I'll have to look back at. You know, I guess if they made things besides the actual maneuvering of the ship and the firing of the lasers or whatever weapons. If they had something else that was just as interesting, but that's a tall order, and Starfinder doesn't accomplish that, you know, I'm not really sure. People have been telling me about, uh, this is how lazy I am, or just how busy I get, however you want to look at it. People have been telling me about uh, the uh, Star Frontiers, what's the clone? Frontier Space. Not an exact clone, but people have been telling me about, I think it was Cody M or somebody a long time ago was telling me Frontier Space had the best Starship combat rules, and I still haven't even gotten around to looking at it, so I need to go check that out before I go as far as to say there are no good Starship combat rules, but I think really if just everyone having their own little individual ships would probably be the best solution to me. Rather than everybody be on board this huge thing. and But I guess to other people, it doesn't matter. They don't mind being just like make the engineering check and whatever. But the worst thing about it was that it just, it dragged. And it felt really formulaic after like two or three rounds. But I guess people could say that about regular hand-to-hand, you know, man-to-man combat too. So maybe it was just a combination of all these things. And who knows, maybe on a different night it wouldn't have bother me as much I don't, I don't know but i still appreciate you your thoughts um 
And as far as, uh, yeah, Hobbs, I appreciate it. I enjoyed the game. Thanks again for having me. I ended up back in Hobbs' Patreon. Um, if that tells you anything, I enjoy the game. Plus, I enjoy Hobbs' podcast and um, supporting, uh, you know, supporting as many folks as I can, really. Um, but as far as our fed, a.k.a. Rocks Fall Everyone Dies, uh, in the game, basically, our fed was kind of a driving force to get us to go in this tree. And then also, our fed really saved our butts along with the spellcaster. Um, uh, with some uh, some really nice damage rolls. But, you know, I was thinking about this when you mentioned that, and for me, like, I'm a totally game as a player to go along with anything. Um, one of the best advices, you know, pieces of advice I ever saw for a player is not in any DMG or Dungeons & Dragons book. It's actually in old Call of Cthulhu set where it's talking about it, one of the best sentences um, of advice I've ever seen in any kind of RPG. It, was, it says, investigators investigate. And what it elaborates that to mean is that, you know, if you're in Call of Cthulhu and there's some clues and there's a, something to investigate, you don't just say, oh, well, no, I think we're going to go home, you know, watch, you know, go to the films. Or, you know, go to the museum instead and just hang out. Maybe go get lunch, you know. You, you follow the leads. You follow the, the adventure. And that's kind of the way I look. I mean, obviously, you don't, you know, you're not suicidal. You don't say, oh, okay, the dragon lives there. I'm, I'm level two. Let's, you know, hop on in there and just take our chances with a breath weapon. That's not what I mean. But obviously, you use common sense for level of danger and what you can handle and sometimes you got to run and all that but at the same time you adventure adventurers adventure and investigators investigate um i use that as a kind of guiding principle with any game i play um you know that to me but so I was happy to go down on that tree. I'm happy Kiki survived. So anyway, looking forward to hopefully getting in some more games down the line with you in the Kalmata game. So I appreciated that again. All right. So as I already mentioned last night, we basically, we were missing a lot of players. Still had some, some players I knew that were going to miss. Some that had to miss last second, you know, one wasn't feeling well. One had something come up and, um, uh, so we, were, we had three players, three players and four henchmen, basically, which it's amazing to some people, like basically having seven players might sound like, well, you had tons of people, but in my games or old school games, considering a lot of them are henchmen, that's, that, that's not a, not a huge party, but we did have Lanix, the magic user, um, Father Marcos, the cleric, and Puck, the thief. So, and, you know, I, I'm running the Night Below campaign box set, 2E era box set. I run it with AD&D, kind of mixed with BX, simplified with, you know, a lot of aspects simplified with basically BX or just classic D&D rules. And uh, right now we're in a, kind of a sidetrack of a sidetrack 
so to speak. And I'm going to be out of town, not next weekend, but the following two weekends. So I, regardless of how many players showed up, I wanted to press through because get as much in before there was a big gap um, in, in gaming. I was running late, of course, and having some little minor computer issues, things going on. So that got us to a late start. But so at the very beginning of the session, I was just kind of not 100% engaged. It took me a minute, but got into it. We ended up having a good session. When I say sidetrack of a sidetrack, basically they're, they're trying to work their way deeper into the underdark, follow this threat, find out what's behind all these kidnappings that have been going on. Uh, kidnappings of magic users and spellcasters and everything. And they want to try to enlist the help of these deep gnomes, the Smurf Neblin. And the Smurf Neblin have given them a quest to complete in order to gain favor with them. And that's to rid these nearby caves, you know, nearby where they live, of, of these trolls. Party, probably rightfully so, didn't feel 100% ready to deal with a massive cave full of trolls. So they've returned to this area, the great Rockdale that's inhabited by all these humanoid tribes and humanoid groups and, uh, are basically, uh, I guess the equivalent of a video game mining for XP, grinding through all these humanoids and trying to gain treasure and everything, maybe gain some levels or some, some power, in order to deal with the trolls so sidetrack of a sidetrack so i definitely wanted to try to keep on pushing through this to get them back because we're you know way off the rails at this point which is fine and it's fine but it's stuff that's gotta you know we gotta get through it to get through get you know get back into the the module and so we had left off last time with the party investigating this knoll cave, and they pretty much wiped all the knolls out. Um, and they had taken one captive and enlisted its help, and his name Grok. And Grok is kind of like, like all the knolls, I play him as not particularly intelligent, and I've got a simple philosophy. You know, life simple. You know, uh, life. Uh, you know, you born. You, you're born, you spill urine all over the place, you eat what you can, you kill things, you die. You know, life's simple. They have real simple philosophies like that and then have no problem, you know, betraying, you know, betraying others, you know, if, if they're given proper motivation for it. And motivation can be pretty simple, like something to eat or being able to live, you know. Life cheap, you know, you grow up. You spend your whole life with other gnolls, you know, you live, you laugh, you cry, you know, you break bread together, and then one day you kill them all. Life funny. So, Puck the dwarf was, thief, was trying to sneak towards the other end of the cave area, the only area that they had not yet uh, investigated. And Grok the gnoll had told them, that, you know, that there were a few more gnolls back that way, probably sleeping, and so there was a door, and uh, Puck was kind of sneaking, trying to be quiet, but the 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 gnolls, you know, lacking wisdom, really 
didn't really get the idea of being too sneaky. So he's like, yeah, that's the right door. No, you're in the right place. That's where they are, right behind there. You know, real loud. And uh, so they ended up just letting Grok the Knoll go, go first. And he goes right up to the door. And he's like, they right behind this door. Some of them probably sleeping, but uh, they in there. So you want to kill them? They're right in there. And so another Noel opens the door and looks at Grok and is like, oh, you wake us up. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, we here. I'm here with these intruders. We come here. We're going to try to kill you. And the one's like, oh, you're going to kind of try to kill us? And he's like, yeah, we're, we're here to kill you. And he's like, oh, okay. And then they just stare at each other for a minute before they both realize what they're saying. And one's like, hey, wait a second. You kill us. So we kill you. And so they all attack Grok and Grok goes down, gets killed. To the chagrin of some of the party members, I think they kind of like Grok, but anyway, the the party fights, you know, like five gnolls and um, takes them out, except for one of them. You know, they take another one captive, and his name's Drock, and they're like, oh, well, did you know Grok? It's like, oh, yeah, I know Grok, he's my brother. <laughs> you know, we born same day. Uh spent my whole life with him. Um uh, we grow up, we you know, learn to walk together, learn to hunt together. We hunt squirrel, uh, hunt squirrel together, you know, and uh, no problem killing him, you know. So they go into this little little room where the gnolls were hiding out, you know, some filthy mats and, and everything. And, and there's another door in the room, but they've got all this stuff kind of piled up against the door and have got, a, got it barred and shut. And the one gnoll explains, oh, you know, we take turns guarding this door. We watch it. We we don't we know something behind it. We know other creatures back there, but uh, we 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 guard it so they don't come in. And so they clear the stuff away from the door, and they're like, "Oh, we want you go in there. We know you're curious." Puck's like, yeah, well, "I know you're curious. Go on in there and see what's in there." It's like, "You want me? You want me go in this door that have to take turns guarding, pile stuff up, make sure nothing comes in every day." You want me to just go in there? And Puck's like, yeah. And he's like, okay. <laughs> I like these gnolls. Um, so the, the the gnoll goes in there and, and Puck could kind of look behind the door and there, there's these a couple of wargs in there. Uh, wargs are like, if you don't know, they're like dire wolves, but... but but stronger, meaner, and more intelligent. They're actually, you know, evil and can speak their own language and goblins and such can, can ride them around. They can be as big as, big as ponies. Um, so they let Drock go through there and close the door. And then they hear him screaming as the, the wargs attack him and kill him. Kind of used him as bait to kind of just test the defenses, so to speak. So, so they decide they're not going to go that way right the second. They, they, they thought they'd double back around to this other secret door they had found a couple sessions ago. So first they went and rested and didn't encounter anything. So they, they got all their spells back and healed up as best they could. And then um, went back to the secret door. So the party listens at the secret door. And this is where magic user Lanix really comes in handy. Or any magic user really... I guess he's half elf, if I'm remembering correctly, and so he, spe he speaks tons of languages, and they can hear muffled talking, and can't make out what they're saying, but he can tell that it's hobgoblins that, that live in this adjoining cave. 
And this is where I, I put hobgoblins in there instead of goblins in the original module I'm using for this little spin-off area. I've, I've switched some monsters around to toughen it up a little bit since they're a little bit higher level. Not that hobgoblins are particularly tough, but they're tougher than goblins. And so I decide to give a chance of them being able to maybe surprise the hobgoblins. I'll let uh, Puck roll like a disarm trap roll. I just insert that here to see if he can silently slide this this door, this secret door, and uh, he makes the check, and so I let them get a surprise round, and they basically slaughter the hobgoblins, there's just like four of them in the storeroom, and they just find some, you know, cloth, flour, some cured meats, and stuff like that, just food stuffs and everything, and so they make their way further into the, into the next cave, and Basically, they get to this larger chamber, and there's like 12 hobgoblins in there, and um, I fail the sneak roll for for Puck, and uh, and that sets off a combat, and this this took most of the session. We had an epic combat, and I was really, I mean, they, they did great. For it to be three of them and just and, and four henchmen, they ended up fighting and defeating like 20 hobgoblins and a couple of wargs. And it was a, you know, a wave of, of, of them too. You know, there was like 12 at once and a couple ran off to go get more and they brought out the chieftain, brought out some wargs and, and had a, you know, an epic battle. And it really showed how, man, if you don't have sleep at low levels, you know, good luck to you because the sleep was a lifesaver and hold person for the cleric. You know, those two, those two offensive spells are, are worth, you know, you know, a dozen fighters, you know what I mean? Um, so it was wave after wave of sleep, whole person until they were running out of those. But in the meantime, you know, they didn't have really a good frontline fighter. Honestly, um, Puck is probably next to the magic user, their worst possible frontline fighter, but he was kind of thrust into it. You know, he's got a high AC, but you know, he can, he can definitely hit hard, but you don't want him to be the, the front line. Unfortunately, that's kind of how it ended up a lot of the time. So he was taking some severe damage and finally a warg put him down on the ground. And it was here where I had to kind of decide, you know, I'll usually, unless your body gets, you know, ripped to pieces or melted or burned, or whatever, that sort of thing. If you can get some magical healing in you um, within a few minutes, I'll let you, you know, let it be like magical CPR, but a couple of the henchmen, you know, I just had their heads come clean off. There wasn't any chance to bring them back, but once the warg got Puck on the ground, you know, warg is kind of a, a cruel beast, so I was going to say 50-50, it just went ahead and ripped the head off, and um, so that brought for a lot of tension because it's a D-100 roll, and I was like, I wasn't trying to be cruel about it. I was like, here we go, drum roll, you know, build the ratchet up the tension and everything, you know. Uh, so low is low is bad and rolled a 74 and and so the whole table let out a little, yeah, you know, I was happy for him too. I didn't want to see Puck die, but there's got to be consequences. Um, but Puck survived. So that was good and... Um, like I said, they fought hard. They, 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 you know, they, they wave after wave of these hobgoblins. Uh, 
and it was a, it was a good battle. I think everybody felt satisfied with it. And, um, once that finished up, it was already, you know, it was like 1130. It was getting late. So we knew we were going to call it. They, they searched the chieftain's room, found a couple things. They found this tapestry. They know it was worth a lot. It has like gold thread and stuff. But the way I do things like that, you know, it, it is one XP per one G, GP, but, um, the only time I make them really take the treasure back to town to get XP, the reason I don't do that is because, you know, a lot of these games, your days travel from, from town and, and it's just kind of like it throw throws everything off to make them go all the way and do this huge rigmarole travel to, to get their XP reward. However, with a lot of these things like a tapestry, it's not a given that they even know what it is or how, or, you know, I mean, rather, how much it's worth. So that's why I use the appraise non-weapon proficiencies from AD and D. And a couple of them have that, um, both, uh, Marcos and puck have that, but they both fail their checks. So they will have to take the tapestry back to town to get it appraised and, and, you know, pay a little fee before they know how much that's worth. So they won't get XP for that, even though they knew they know it's worth, you know, it's the most valuable of anything they find. Everything else was just minor, you know, minor amounts of coin on, on the various humanoids. But then I decided that they, they put up such a huge battle that I'd roll for a random magic item using the 1E DMG tables, which I love because sometimes you'll roll on there and you end up rolling something that's super powerful. Um, like I've rolled, you know, x-ray, vision, ring, and... I've rolled all kinds, you know, you end up rolling all kinds of super powerful things on there, but then sometimes you end up with just a potion or whatever. And this time was one of those where I, I just rolled a scroll, ended up being just a single spell scroll for a cleric, and it ended up being a continual light scroll spell, which is not useless, don't get me wrong, but it, it you know, it, it wasn't any, you know, epic item like it could have been, but it was something, it was something. So the party kind of backed up. They, they knew they had to to take a minute because uh, Puck had been hurt. They, it's only been an hour or so of, of the day, so there's no, there's no, there's no way they're resting. But they did kind of retreat to regroup, and then hopefully next session have some more party members to help, you know, thicken the the herd. So that was kind of what the session was. It was basically some little comedy at the beginning and then some, you know, hardcore hack and slash combat, which was fun. So anyway, I can't think of there's anything else too interesting to talk about. Like I said, I'm hopefully we, we have a good, good sized party next week so that we can have a big session because I know I'm going to have a couple weeks off. I'm going to be going to the beach. We're going to leave that Saturday and come back the following Saturday. So I don't know, probably won't drop too much podcast-ish during that period, but anyway. So anyway, thank you for listening. Hope you had a great weekend filled with gaming, maybe even have a little bit more on the way. As always, you can leave me a message on the Anchor app. You can email me, frothsoftfrothsof at gmail.com. Check out the Thought Eater blog, frothsoftdnd.blogspot.com. Thank you to the folks back me on Patreon. I appreciate you all tremendously. Patreon.com forward slash Thought Eater. It's only a dollar a month if you want to support what I do. 
anybody out there interesting interested in supporting the podcast with a sponsorship if you want to have me plug anything you're doing kickstarter patreons products whatever it is if that's something you want to talk about you can contact me as well next thing you'll hear from me is top three tuesday i've had a few suggestions some of them i just don't feel qualified to really give too much of a thought about but we'll see trying to put something together keep up with the schedule at least until uh until i go on vacation but that'll be the next thing i think that's it logan let's get out of here Sickly platypus, a psychic grenade Zeroing in on your mental trade Gonna help you escape from the grind Thought eater gonna blow your mind